at the fringes of perception, beyond the boundaries of your mind, just past the glow of the firelight, out of the corner of your eyes, you will find an edge case. Edgecase Podcast coming September 10th. Learn more at edgecasepod.com. Step into the this is Macabre Grimoire with Airy Show, Travis Nye. And Robert Maley. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Macabre Grimoire, Chapter Twenty Three: Strange Skies, Past and Present. I'm your host, Ari Show, here with my co-host Robert Mailing and Travis Nye. Hey. And we're going to talk about a bunch of alien events in the sky. Weird things, man. But it's a twofer <laughs> because we're going to talk about two different things because both topics are kind of short. So. So we thought we'd cram them together, and then some literary genius came up with the title Strange Skies Past and Present. There you go. And, uh, yeah, because one story is about something that happened in the sky that's weird, like a thousand years ago. Oh, sorry, math. About 500 years ago. (laughs) And and then one is about something that happened last year. What? This was last year? I did not read the show notes. I'm a terrible person. It was late 2018. That's exciting. Yeah, it's it's a very... Like, there have been developments since the very first time I looked that up to possibly well, do a thing about it. our listeners oh, awesome. now realize how prepared we are for our well, <laughs> podcasts, but that's okay. I'm a terrible person. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I this was really... last year? Oh my god, I usually <laughs> Tell read me more. Stuff. Where am I? Oh my god, this is exciting. So, the first one is um, the the 1561 Nuremberg Celestial Phenomenon. And they've talked about this on Ancient Aliens, haven't they? Have they? I, I've I never think seen they it. I've never, con- full confession, I've never watched Ancient Aliens before. Oh, oh my God, I went on a binge on Netflix once. It was amazing and hilarious and and just awesome. All like, it's, it's so interesting. But, like, the guy is, like, the memes that you see out there, like, it's probably aliens, like... It's totally true. Like, it's absolutely true to the show um, because everything he tries to, like, harken back to, like, it's totally <laughs> aliens. And you're like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> aliens. Every, yeah, yeah, everything can't always be aliens. And it's My like. My mom made meatloaf and it's so good. Aliens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like watching that show. So, but yeah. Um, it's a decent it's a decent show and there's a there's quite a few like artifacts and stuff that they show you where you're where you're kind of like why would they be building something that looks like, why would they make a charm that looks like an airplane before airplanes were even a thing yeah so it's a lot of it's stuff like that they're like i like i don't take the show seriously but some of the, uh, and I, I don't know, I'm not, I don't anymore subscribe to it, but when I was younger, I really got into it before I did a lot of, like, my academic history stuff. Oh, sure. And, uh, like, in high school, I was a huge fan of, like, uh, Secret Origin of the, Spe- of the Sphinx. That's the one that talks about how the Sphinx is probably 
way older than Egyptian civilization because it's got all this watermark on it because it was it survived oh. like a flood and stuff like uh. that. And the, and if you ever look at it, the Sphinx's body and head are way, way, way different proportions. So it's like it was originally a lion. Some African kingdom had a lion sculpture, oh. and then the Egyptians put a pharaoh's head on it. Okay. Uh, oh. And some of the, some of that is like legit. There are yeah, like yeah. watermarks on the Sphinx, and there's like a lot of conjecture that maybe like one pharaoh had a head removed that was originally on it and put their face on it and stuff like that. It, it could just be the ceremonial peeing on the Sphinx. Th- th- this could be too. I mean, we are talking like <laughs> six thousand years of history, so. Oh, all, all those drunken you, you farmers that built the the pyramids had to pee somewhere. So. Right. I, mean, I thought everybody did that. Like, everybody go to the pee cat. Yeah. Meet at the pee cat. <laughs> oh my gosh. It smells like cat piss. Well, yeah, that's kind of the idea. That's where they got yeah. the name for it. <laughs> anyway, oh. but yeah, and the whole chariots of the gods things and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we'll probably do a whole whole episode on on that that sub genre and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff that to me is really fascinating, like with the Nazca lines, trying to figure out why you make these structures that you can't see except for from the air. Right. And, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, there, you know, there's the like, the non, you know, it's like, but aliens is quite the stretch, but I'm just like, there's got to be something we don't know. Like, right. there was one guy that theorized that the guys that built the Nazca lines, sorry, another tangent, oh. uh, had a... Uh, built like a primitive glider because they even had some like artwork and stuff like oh, that interesting. so it's like with the high winds there in that like part of chile or wherever mm-hmm. that's at so they they would like glide over and see the pattern and stuff like that right right and, uh, right so they didn't have flight but you know that's how they were getting up there and seeing these lines and right it's just like that would be pretty spectacular and cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but anyway and that and like the aztec and mayan stuff where I think specifically the Mayans have a lot of artwork where it sure as hell looks like a person's like wearing a space helmet and is inside of a oh, mechanical machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That that's always like super fascinating. But but Mayan culture is like a thing I'm obsessed with anyway. So well, there you go. That's yeah. I just taught my kid about uh, the game Pocketok. What's that? Pocketok. Yeah, it was a Mayan game to the death. Poke to poke. No. That's not how I learned to say it. Okay, I learned uh, poke to poke. Poke to poke. Uh, okay, well, what is it? Let's just... <laughs> it, it's the game they played in the arenas. Sideways at, basketball. Yep, <laughs> and it's sideways basketball. Okay. And, in fact, we have a video on the website uh, of the Sioux Empire for it, because I made a bunch of references to it in the very first episode of the Sioux Empire podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, so awesome. our very first behind-the-scenes thing was I that was like a show note was oh. that I posted a video of Poke to Poke so people would have context about what the hell I was talking about. Oh, my gosh. So we'll link to that again yeah. since yeah. it's on the site. <laughs> Watching them actually play that is pretty crazy. It's in, insane. So basically it's, uh, think volleyball mixed yeah. with basketball. Okay. There's a sideways ring on a wall. Okay. A hoop. So like Quidditch. Right. Okay. Yep. And they have to perfect. <laughs> and and you, they have to not use their hands to get the ball through the hoop. So how do they get it in the hoop? So they take turns like bouncing it off the wall, and then one guy like once it gets the right bounce, then he runs up and charges it and like hits it with his knee or whatever and knocks it in through the hoop. So it's like a weird, um, like soccer meets. Like, it's, it's every sport genre you could want. It is the ultimate man's game. The, okay, let's not genderize <laughs> it. Because anybody can play. You don't have to be a man. It's true. 
but I've only seen men play. That's all right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, this... that's the one that I seen. That one there. I legitimately thought this was like they're like hitting it with their hands. Yeah. Yep. It's it's you can it's like sideways basketball and soccer rules. That's yeah. so weird. It's incredibly physically demanding. Like, well, ridiculously okay, so. here's what I don't get. Why are they using their hips when that's clearly an area for ouchies on dudes? Well, I have pretty good aim with my hips. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you, you have to also keep in mind that uh, most likely, uh, I believe some of the stuff I've read about it is that the guys that actually like played this back in the day in the life-to-death games that would go for like days at a time... Um, I believe they were hopped up on something. Too, All right, so this guy's about ready to knock th- it in. This, this, uh, this is bottom. one of those games where it's just ancient games as explained by, oh, they were all right high here. out of their minds. Oh, right. my God, you'd have to be. And that There hoops. it is. Boom. Boom. And now do you have to shout, like, park to park? Like, when you get the the basket? Oh, that would just be silly. Yeah. Now Not like the headdresses and everything <laughs> else going on. Yeah. That would just be silly. That, 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 that's, ju- that's just where they die. That's it. Oh, okay. They don't have time for that. <laughs> so, yeah. Pock to pock or poke to poke? Tell us in the comments uh, which one is the correct pronunciation, because I'm too lazy to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's definitely poke to poke. So... The 1561 Nuremberg Celestial Phenomena. Phenomena. Sorry. Uh, I can't. Apparently I can't say phenomena. <laughs> Will that, and then I think of that movie, Phenomenon, with... Uh, John Travolta. John Travolta, yeah. Very good movie. If I could change the world. Okay, 90's over. Um, let's see. So, just to go into that a little bit, the yeah. one thing that he did in that movie with the sunglasses where he spun them. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually a real magic trick. Nice. I'm like, that was like the first legit trick that I bought, so I'm like, it has to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I never performed it, because it's really difficult to do. But oh. it's oh. pretty sweet. Like. <laughs> but it's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So, uh, let's see. So, speaking of phenomena, in 1561, uh, a phenomenon over Nuremberg was a mass sighting of celestial phenomena. God, they really like the word phenomena. Or unidentified flying objects over the city of Nuremberg, Germany. The phenomenon has been interpreted by some modern UFOlogists as an aerial aerial battle of extraterrestrial origin. According to author Jason Colavo, the woodcut broadsheet became that became known in popular culture uh, a- after being published in Carl Jung's uh, 1958 book Flying Saucers, a modern myth to things seen in the skies, a book which analyzed the or archetypal meanings of UFOs. More recently, the event has been classified as a UFO sighting by many and even na- named the UFO battle over Nuremberg by a few enthusiasts. They would. They would. <laughs> those mu- those darn MUFON people, those just like crazy all up ufologists. In that. Crazy ufologist, exactly. So, uh, this is going to be Robbie's attempt, his best attempt that he can do to uh, do a German accent, as I read from this uh, <laughs> mid 1500s broadsheet, uh, a description, for, like an actual account from the people that saw it. I'm excited. So, all right. Here goes. God help us all. In the morning of April 14th, 1561, at daybreak, between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun, 
and then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city, before the gates and in the blood-red semicircle arcs, just like the moon in its last quarter, and in the sun above and below on both sides, the color was blood. There stood a round ball and a partly dull, partly black, ferocious color. Likewise, there stood on both sides, and as Tauros about the sun, such blood red ones and other balls in a large number. <laughs> about three, about three or four in, uh, in a square. Also, some alone, and in between these globes, there were visible a few blood red crosses between which there were red blood strips becoming thicker to the rear and the front, malleable like the rods of reed grass. Uh, it goes on like that here. Uh, let's see. Basically just trying to describe in as much detail as they can. But what he's describing what saw is like in the sky. shit crazy. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll post a picture of the, uh, of this, uh, you know, broadsheet and, uh, it's nuts. It looks like a psychedelic, it looks like like uh, early Doctor Strange comic books where it's like all super melty and psychedelic, and he's flying around the universe and stuff. It looks like the fifteenth, uh, you know, fifteen hundreds version of that. Yeah, basically, if like this actually happened in the sky, like th- you would have lost your mind. I yeah, think. you'd like, lose your <laughs> shit. Like this is ridiculous. Just what whatever it was that they saw. Um, let's see, blah blah blah. That's stuff reading towards the end of his statement. Oh, God grant us his help. Amen. Yeah, there's a whole lot of... <laughs> and a God lot of praying. Please, God, please, God, help us. May His may we avert his wrath, including the well-deserved punishment on us, that we may have temporarily here and uh, perpetually there live as children <laughs> for it. May God grant us his help. Amen. And that was uh, Hans Glasser, uh, letter painter of Nuremberg. So... What is letter painter? Is that just the author? That would be a uh, person who actually like painted letters. I I don't know if that means he was a letter painter in like broadsheets like this, or mm-hmm. if it was gotcha. uh, he was like a sign maker or something like that. Okay. Uh, but I mean, people's jobs were pretty. The guy that does thing, you know, was like, <laughs> it, it was it was like roles were a lot more straightforward. You didn't change. There was not a whole lot of that changing your career like twenty oh. times in your life, like we do that now. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot more like you're gonna do this till you die. <laughs> but I'm eight. That's great. You might live a few more years, and your right. children will do this till they die. Yeah, <laughs> and your son will do this. Like, hey, dad. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, Otto Billing made an effort to provide historical context for the uh, uh, apparition in his comments. He notes Nuremberg was one of the most uh, prestigious cities in the late Middle Ages, and a free imperial city known for its wealth and nobility. It tried to maintain a neutrality during the furious warring between Catholics and Protestants during the Reformation, but when one Protestant prince was rebuffed uh, when he insisted on financial tributes to fund his battles, the city was besieged and trade was cut off. This ultimately, though ultimately successful in defending itself, the rebuilding of the fortifications of Nuremberg necessitated a new round of taxation, and the city suffered hard times in the aftermath. On Good Friday in 1554, another siege happened, and one broadsheet publisher described mock suns that propagate that uh, prognosticate God's will wanted confession of sinful ways, i.e., victims brought it upon themselves. 
Uh, another sky apparition followed in July of knights fighting each other with fiery swords. Holy shit. Thus warning of Judgment Day. Very similar apparitions of knights fighting in the skies were frequently reported during the Thirty Years' War. So I threw this in because this is some context for you that reporting... Well, this is the most famous one. Reporting apparitions in the skies, especially in the Thirty Years' War period where you're getting into this like religious conflict and stuff like mm -hmm. that, was like really common and there was a lot of like... They were project whatever they did see. They were also projecting their own, like, like you do, your own worldview upon it. Oh so yeah. Anything they saw, they were going to put into the context of the war, of the war, and of uh, con you know religious conflict and sinners versus you know the righteous and things right. like that. So you know, it's like, well, this apparition is super abstracty and very much. When we see it, we project our holy shit. It's UFOs, like exactly. close encounter. Like it especially looks like light patterns from close encounters of the third kind, yeah. almost. And then the bl big black thing at the bottom looks like a star destroyer from Star Wars. It does. <laughs> it absolutely uh, does. But that's but that's us projecting on it. So it's like it's funny. It's almost an ink blot test because it's it just is. like like what do you see? You know, in the fifties, they were probably like, oh, it looks like anti aircraft fire from World War Two, and you know, yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like a bombing run or something like that. And nowadays, we're just like, you almost wonder if, and this is I don't know how out there this theory is, if the people of Nuremberg were poisoned and they were all experiencing similar hallucinations because of, like, maybe lack of nutrients because if their trade was cut off, they weren't getting, you know, the right kind of food, and so now they're starting to see things in the sky. There could definitely be a mass hysteria thing to it. Yeah. You could have, like, people that see it out on the edge of town and then run in and, like, holy crap, there were lights in the sky, and someone's like, what's that? Someone says there's lights in the sky. Yeah, I saw lights in the sky. Right. You didn't actually see it, but it came from the next guy, and, you know, that's a very... I've simplified it a lot there for oh, example. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But in real life, very intelligent people will do the exact same thing if mm -hmm. you if you squeeze it in right. Mm -hmm. And I think there was actually something mentioned in one of the videos I watched about this, how uh, they thought that, uh, hallucinogens from like a, a mold or a fungus nearby could have been... Yeah. Yeah. For like so. the Salem Witch Trial, like that... Yeah, like, yes. I know what you're So, about. yeah, same thing. Um, th they use that example for this too. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that really bugs me about this is that the scientific explanation for this is a sundog. If you look it up, like, on Skeptic Magazine and stuff like that, yeah. what was this really? They're like, oh, it was a sundog. Jesus. I've seen a sundog. Yeah. It's nothing <laughs> no. fucking like that at all. So, no. either they were tripping balls, or the person that's saying that's the explanation for it is tripping balls. Because it's like... Maybe sundogs look different in the Middle Ages? See, I thought sundog was an alien race. Is that not what people are talking no, about? No, no. It's it's different. Uh, <laughs> so, so, for those of you in much better climates than us, which is funny because there were a bunch of sundogs going on. The first time I, I pulled this up and researched it was like in the midst of the blizzards and the oh, really cold snap. Sure. So it's like every day on the news they were having footage of the sundog. So it was right. literally like on my TV and then I walked in here and saw this and I was like, that is not a sundog. <laughs> it's not. But uh, yeah, for those of you from warmer climates, a sundog is when it's so cold and you get the ice crystals in the air and stuff like that, that when the sun is in the sky, especially when it's rising or setting, it uh, casts this. How would you describe it, guys? Like a, a giant halo? outer halo circle, yeah. and it can look like, like there's two sun, like there's three suns in the sky. Like it can literally be yeah. that bright. Like, and it's crazy reading more about the sun dog. It said like, and science is weird to me that it's like at an exact perfect angle, 
like 20 degree angle or 12 degree angle or something like that every time mm-hmm. you know i'm like that's crazy how precise that is so if mm-hmm. they've seen something like that it's obviously not moving but right to create a symmetrical pattern and when was when when what time of year was did this happen wasn't this like uh april April fourteenth. There's yep. no way there are sundials no, happening. We've had frosts here in April. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and this is during the Little Ice Age, so I'm guessing oh. it's a lot colder there. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And it's northern Germany, so it's like all right. What are, what are the odds though, too? And I, geography's terrible. <clears throat> uh, that it could have been like some type of northern lights type effect. That's what I was kind of thinking Except too. Except it happened in the middle of the day, so it's like <sighs> maybe which you it was can a- have that happen if you get hit with like. An eclipse? A major thing of, like... Well, they, they at this point, uh, they would know an eclipse. These guys would, you know. They didn't... Right. They would still... They still might say it was, like, a portent of doom but or something. Or, like, an right. omen from God or something yeah, like yeah. that. But they would totally be like, well, that's an eclipse. So, it's an eclipse, sundog, northern light phenomena. All there we once. go. There we go. So it, it, it's shower. like my... Pi- yeah. It's... It's like and fighting astronomical phenomena are are a buffet, and it's my <laughs> plate at a buffet where I just throw like absolutely everything on the first trip because yeah. I magically in my head think that there will be no coming back for a second trip. Right. So oh. I have to get everything on one. Robert, plate. don't do that. You're gonna mess with the tides. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my big beef with that one. And like we said, this is a shorter one. There's not a lot of information about it, but it looks really cool. And it's, it's one of the photos that's inspired me and made me think about like UFOs and strange unexplained things since I was a little kid seeing it in like UFO books. So I think it's funny that the sun in this drawing has a face, right? This is true. We are asking for like (laughs) accurate depictions of it. Yeah. With smiley, Mr. Sun. And like, like, why does the sun have a face if you're trying to portray this whole event. It's yeah. always better to but that's, that's another yeah. <laughs> that's another thought thing in how people were wired different then where it was just kind of like did you know like Neil deGrasse Tyson when he was here in town and he gave a speech blew my mind with something where he's just like until astronauts went up into orbit and saw the earth from orbit every time that you saw a globe there were no clouds on it. It was just a globe. And that's like even if it was like a book that was front, you know, in the like 30s or something like that, sure. talking about what space travel would be like, and shows the Earth from orbit. Yeah, there would be no clouds. And he showed like a cover of Time magazine from like the year before the Moon or before the first trips to space. Yeah, and the picture of the Earth, uh, it's just like North America and South America, uh, but there's no clouds anywhere. Right, it's, it's just it's more like a it's more like a globe. Right, yeah. right, and then. Uh, that got me thinking about a bunch of like the Looney Tunes that were made about that time. Whenever they'd get shot up by a rocket so high into the air that they'd go up into space, mm-hmm. they'd see the Earth and there'd be no cl- no one would bother to draw any clouds in. It would just right. be the Earth from orbit. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy shit! That's just it was the way people were wired and they weren't ex- exposed to it. And then he's like, that photo, the pale blue dot or whatever, came out that was. Uh, or not pale blue dot, but w- one of the famous ones that's like a whole Earth shot. Yeah. And uh, that's got the clouds in it. And it's like every like magazine cover and illustration and everything after that, well, there's clouds out there. So everyone <laughs> puts clouds in. And it all happened like at this one specific point in the 60s when the first photos from orbit were finally like It's almost like you're public. taking a step back and looking at yourself and you realize that that it that life is so much more than just about you. It's about everything else that affects you. 
you exist here on Earth and Earth, but you also exist with the weather. Yeah. You know, and so it's kind of like looking, but stepping and looking back and like, oh God, yeah, that's right, that does happen. I totally <laughs> forgot. Like it's just yeah, it's just another way of lo- looking at the universe. It always makes me think of like the the Russians that can see a color of blue or color of gray that we can't. Oh, in the English speaking world. What? Yeah. So if someone speaks Russian, has a lot of different like variations of gray like 16 different words for 16 different kinds of gray or oh, whatever interesting and you can use a color spectrometer to determine the difference between them yeah but so an english speaking person when you show them these gray tiles they'll be like those are definitely the same color like in a blind like, oh. scientific study yeah and the russians and they will accurately pick every time they're like that's blah blah gray and that's blah blah gray damn wow. but an english speaking person has to use a color spectrometer to actually know they're different Oh, wow. I mean, well, I bet some people could tell that there's differences between, like, the shades sure, of gray. I'm sure if they're, like, a, uh, like someone that works at Pantone and actually works in, like, color tiles and stuff like that. Right. But it's just, like, because we don't have a word for it. It's a, sure. It gets, uh, you know, another tangent, but we're sure. talking about a- the difference between how we see the world and how ancient people see right. the world. Uh, go back and look at any quotes from the Odyssey, and any time that they bring up color... Mm-hmm. The colors are all wrong. What? Uh, just hear me out. Okay. So, no, 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 you hear me out. <clears throat> uh, in the Odyssey, they describe the ocean as the color of wine, which the ocean is absolutely not the color of wine. No. And then they yeah. describe the the skies as like gray or off gray. Kind of. Uh, basically, the thesis of it, this like paper that that was put out about it, is that like. They literally didn't have, like, a good word for, like, blue. Oh, sure. And, like, there's a few other colors that it's just, like, literally they didn't... It's as if... The way it's written, it's as if they didn't see those colors. Oh, interesting. So it's, like, they're, like, us in the English-speaking world, whereas, like, we've made distinctions between these colors yes, now. yeah. And we have words for them, and our brains perceive them. Mm-hmm. But the people that wrote the Odyssey... Didn't. Nope. Interesting. So it's just like, we always talk, that's another thing too, we always talk about how ancient people are just like, well, they were just like us, but in a lot, but just like, just that small bit of like, neurology can mm-hmm. make like such a huge difference in like, the way you perceive the world and stuff right. like that. They're still on the same hardware, but the software is totally different. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's really interesting. But it also makes you wonder like... What color was their wine? You know, like, what kind of grapes are they using? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, because we do know what color their wine was, and their wine would have been, like, a dark dark red. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it would have been darker colored. Sure. Now, they now back, only a barbarian drinks wine straight up. Sure. This is Greek culture and then Ro- eventually Roman culture, mm-hmm. so what they did was they mulled wine. Uh, if you just drank straight water, you were going to, like, shit yourself to death, basically. Fair. That's uh, fair. <laughs> you know, because of the parasites and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what you did was you mulled, you you drank wine for everything, but you watered it down. You mulled it is what they called it. When you mull it, what does that mean? <clears throat> like is adding that... water to to actual what we'd consider wine. Okay. They would add water to it. So. So when you hear about how a like, Roman would drink nothing but wine and they'd have like twenty cups of wine a yeah, day or yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then you wonder, like, so was everyone in the ancient world just, like, constantly hammered constantly? Yeah. <laughs> no. 
because their idea of a thing of wine was it was probably like two thirds wine or a third wine or something like that, oh, depending on how poor or rich they were. Sure. And it was mulled. Because gotcha. uh, only barbarians drink straight, straight wine. Wine, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we're barbarians then. We are. <laughs> Mo- most, mostly because A, we don't speak Greek. That makes us barbarians. Okay, yep. And two, pants. Oh my god, you're right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> pants freak the shit out of the Romans and the Greeks. That's so. amazing. Super, super barbarian clothing yeah. that they will not will not tolerate. That's awesome. I think there were even like ordinances about it early on in Rome and stuff oh, like that. Funny. You couldn't be, you know, it's just like you, a citizen couldn't wear pants. And yeah. Especially like a woman wearing pants would be like start a riot, oh, you know? Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. But uh, it's all about perspectives in the, between our time and their time. Right. Well, right. So, look, looking at this, the artwork of it, though, like, and or you can kind of confirm too a little bit or your thoughts, but sure. it and you question the face on the sun, but to me, and it might just be the medium at that time, but it looks like very tarot artwork. It does, yeah. And so... Yeah, it's from the same style. Right. Because a lot of the, like, the early tarot cards that would survive would have been... The artwork on tarot cards, a lot of them that I've seen, are based on uh, engravings. Because engravings were the mass media oh, at the sure. time. Which is why you get so many of those like illustrations that are like black and white, because what they're actually showing you in the computer on the picture on your computer is an engraving from somewhere. Yeah. Because they, they would fill that with ink and then print over right. and over and again, and that's how they print a book or print a picture. So there's so actually so when you talk about tarot, they talk about the original tarot deck being the Wade Wright tarot deck, but yeah. there's also there is a third person involved, and that person is the actual artist, and the artist was a female, and so that's something that they leave out of that uh, of that um, telling of it, but I don't remember what the year is on that artwork. But it was assumed that it was actually supposed to be a game and not actually like right. like fortune telling. So yeah. it's kind of funny sure. that that. But it kind of evolved into that because of the way that the artwork is drawn. So I feel like we could do an episode about that. Oh, we could totally do an episode <clears throat> about that. We should totally do an episode about that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's um. But I can't remember. I like I, ju- I literally took a class like a couple months ago about tarot, and that was something that I learned was that there's actually three people involved. I think it wasn't okay. I could be way off on this, but I want to say it's like in the 1400s. Honestly, like I would have to look it up I'm because I'm sure. not that familiar with tar- with I'm not that intimately familiar with tarot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was because I know it came to the U.S. in 17 or 1800s. Sure. From like Europe. Yeah. And so from there, I don't know. But, I mean, like, you have, like, your different suits in the deck. Yeah. Um, and then you have, like, your, basically, your face cards, which are your, um, your, you have your major arcana and your minor arcana. Yep. So, um. Just, just a deck of playing cards. Just a de- it's, yeah, just a deck of playing cards, but we use it for so much more now, so it's <laughs> kind of funny. Absolutely. Lost in translation over the years. That's, that's cool. But yeah, we we need to come back and do an episode about that. Yeah, for sure. So for part two of our Strange Skies, to get past the whole, you know, well, that was an ancient time, so what's going on with crazy shit in the sky in our time? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. So we played the thing that was the pronunciation, and I have already completely forgotten. Oh, mow, mow. Oh, mow, mow. Oh, mow, mow. Oh, mow, mow. It's like, oh, mow, mow. Like, that's kind of like... It sounds like I'm playing with one of my li- my little nephews. Or like I'm kissing Cooper. So, yes. So, for all this baby talk, Umamao is actually 
uh, pretty famous. This is something that happened in 2018, and it is the first known object of its type. Uh, it presents a unique case for the International Astronomical Union, which assigns uh, designations to astronomical objects. So what the hell does that all mean, Rob? Well, they originally thought it was a comet, and then it was reclassified as an asteroid due to the absence of a, uh, a coma, which is the... The uh, tail. Yeah, the tail and the gases coming yep. off of it around it, like a halo of gas, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, then they figured out that it's actually an interstellar object. In fact, they had to create a whole, you know, because like for a comet, it's like C7371, mm-hmm. or for, you know, asteroid, it's A7413, or so, you know, something, some right. code like that. Yeah. They actually invented the I designation for interstellar object. Wow. So. Umau Mao's desig- official desig- legal designation is I-1. That's funny. I figured it would have been like WTF-1. Yeah. <laughs> <It would laughs> kind of like wow signal be. where it's just like the whole the I holy shit holy shit one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so its name comes from Hawaiian Umau Mao which means scout. Uh, from the U meaning reach out for and Mao uh replicated for emphasis meaning first in advance of so like the the initial scout which kind of plays into the whole like is it an alien object thing because it's interstellar because i'm kind of because i'm kind of like uh now the guy who named it is like well because it's a it's a it's our first interstellar object so it's it's a you know it's a scout or a messenger from deep space Mm -hmm. to humanity blah 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 but of course i read it and just like it's an alien scout ship. You know? Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But, uh, in yeah, because I mean, they pretty much confirmed that. Yeah, this is the last or the first one we're admitting to. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they say there's probably more that are go- constantly going on, but but because these things don't like emanate light and they're not following like a a set orbit through the solar system, uh, we're probably this is just the first one we've ever had a sensitive enough equipment that we can detect it. It's just sure. kind of partially our. The limitations of our technology, but still, there's a lot of weirdness going on here is, beyond just it being the first. Is this the one I seen a YouTube video like uh, fighter jets? To nope. See it? No. Okay. Nope. So this is Th- different. this didn't come anywhere near Earth. Okay. In fact, all the pictures you're going to see of this are like uh, by the sun, right? They're they're artist renditions of what it looks like. Okay. Oh yeah, it's the big space turd. Yep, the big space <laughs> turd. <laughs> That's what we're calling this episode now: the big space turd. <laughs> So, uh, in mid-November, astronomers were certain that uh, it was an interstellar object based on the observation spanning 34 days. Unmaumau's orbital uh, eccentricity is 1.2, the highest ever observed. Now, for you know me and anyone else that's not an astronomer, what that means is that anything with an eccentricity of more than 1.0 uh, exceeds the sun's escape velocity, which means that it's not bound, it's moving fast enough that our solar system's not going to stop it. It's going to either pass through or... Oh, sure. whatever. Well, you would think it was going to pass through. But Umamau does something really weird. But but anyway, it's moving so fast. And then they and they say they've had other objects that were pushing like 1.001 and stuff like oh, that. Oh, sure. But this is like way, way faster. Like than it's Basically, almost... it's the fastest thing they've ever tracked oh, nice. in the solar yeah. system. So, uh, let's see. It began... Uh, in addition to being an interstellar object, it's made a bunch of uh, un, you know, un, not understood course correction uh, as it left. So let me, you know, this is not great radio, but for my hosts here, so you can understand what happened, this little white dot here is Unmau Mau, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, bouncing through the solar system. It's coming down at about the five o'clock angle, and then 
Whoa. And cuts to 2.30. Now, what's crazy, because, yeah, it basically looks like it hangs the left once it gets to about our solar axis. Man, it literally, like, dipped down to, like, check it out, and then... Whoa, there's people out. there. I gotta go the other way. It's, it's not... Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Roll the windows. It is, it is not a normal <laughs> orbit, and so, you know, uh, for our listeners, you might be saying that, uh, you know, understand gravity a little bit more. You might be saying... Well, I'm sure the sun's gravity acted on it, or the planets, or stuff like that, but no. No. It does not... Well, even if it was, like, slingshotting on the sun, it's not doing it correctly. Right. So, it is a totally, like, Yeah, because it wouldn't have pulled it, back it up. It literally cu- drives by Earth. Yeah. Right there. What up, guys? And, like, ugh, those Mouth. guys are weird. It's like it, it's like <laughs> it came in... What is skin on them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it came into the solar system at a at one direction and then left in a completely weird opposite. Yeah, not it's, opposite. It's a V shape, though. Yeah, like a V shape, but not in a curve. Not enough of a curve that you'd say it was slingshotting around something because sure. of gravity. It is an acute angle. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, with the case with this interstellar asteroid, a number of physical explanations that lead to different that could lead to this different orbit that it has. Uh, would would make some sense. Here's some of the scientific theories on why it did the crazy, holy shit, holy shit, it's a spaceship, and it just changed course. Uh, the first one is that dark matter could be present, but it's unlikely to be the culprit since it would cause an acceleration towards the sun, mm-hmm. not away from it like that. How does that work? How do they know that? Well, here's the, the... And this is why they say it's not likely. And here's the other kicker with that, is that dark matter... People, like... Futurama dark matter is a physical substance you can like scoop up. It's you know ben, it's oh, uh, yeah, Nibbler's yeah, that's poop. where venom yeah. came from. Yeah, and dark yeah, and venom yeah. and it, people give it all these different magical properties. But dark matter, all that means is that it's literally matter that we haven't seen and don't understand. Mm. We only know that it must be there because otherwise our laws of physics are are bullshit and uh, we all go crazy and we start pulling our hair out and mm-hmm. running through the streets. So how do they know if it's something we don't... I'm just going to be devil's advocate here. So if we don't understand it, how do they know it would cause an acceleration towards the sun? Because of the gravity force of dark matter. Because they can calculate... Yeah. They, okay. they figured out that dark matter, while they can't see it, definitely has mass because they can watch something in space move around and go, oh, there's a some there's something there. We can't see it. Dark matter. Gotcha. Uh, but it is orbiting as if there was a planet there. Yeah. So it's like an object the size of a planet with the mass, or maybe the, not the size. Or this thing's mothership cloaked. Or it's the cloaked mothership, yes. Exactly. So theory number two is that volatile material may be released by heating and off-gassing on the surface of the object. But that's also unlikely because it has no comet-like mm-hmm. tail. We haven't seen it off-gas. And because it would have collected ice and stuff like that because of the coldness of space, and that's what they're kind of saying. Right. It's in, uh, you know, if it was a comet, we'd see that pattern on it. The other thing is that because this is an interstellar object, uh, we can't, it's too small for us to actually, it's literally like on the world's best mic- or, uh, telescopes, it is literally one pixel. That's all we can tell oh, about man. it with, with the best technology sure. we've got, sure. uh, because it's so small comparatively. Right. Um, but from what they can tell, the surface of it is like a rust brown, and they think that that would be because because it's interstellar. Sure, it gets const it's gone through stuff and been constantly bombarded with like heavy, heavy doses of uh, cosmic rays mm-hmm. and radiation. Mm-hmm. 
So it's super scorched. Yeah. So that's the other thing is it's like it's been traveling that long. Uh, any moisture or gases have been mega, mega cooked off of it for a long, long time. Right, right. So that's the other thing that like helps rule out off-gassing. Mm-hmm. It could be due to an uneven heating on the surface of the object by the sun, uh, which has been the culprit of other anomalous acceleration in the past, such as the Pioneer satellites. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more below here about that in a moment. Uh, and then the fourth theory is uh, the authors propose that it could be due to solar radiation pressure pushing against the object, causing it to accelerate faster than expected uh, due to gravi- gravity alone. So both are kind of like uh, either solar energy or like solar winds basically like pushed it that way. Oh, sure. <clears throat> so of these potential uh, explanations, the first is no good, the second is unlikely, but either the third or fourth could easily solve the mystery, according to the paper's author. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're never, we've never had a close encounter with an interstellar object before. Umamao is the first one we've ever detected, imag- imagined or tracked. It, it is far beyond our tele- telescopic capabilities now, being too small and too far away to track further. In other words, we'll never know what its mass truly was. We'll never be able to obtain better measurements of it than what we've already recorded. All we can do now, uh, based on the data we have, is speculate and try to reconstruct what might have happened. Which is just like the Nuremberg Celestial Phenomenon of 1561. Ramping it up. Framing device. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like that's right, writers. I I made a theme. <laughs> but yeah, because it's like this is the <clears throat> Nuremberg experience of our time. Because you know we can only we can only see so much of it. We Scientists can only understand so much of it. And yeah. And, and now it's up. Now it's just like, well, this is what we think it could be, and this is what we saw. And that's just all we have to say about the topic. Like, you know, like, you can't take it further than that. That's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can shoot, like, another, like, telescope or something, like, after it to, to be like, hey, wait yeah. for us. And then, but it's extra solar, which means that not only is it moving away, it's moving away fucking fast. I know. You know? And that's the thing. Boys, fuel up the jet. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Wait for me. Wait for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if it slows down, then it'd be like, oh my god. What's cool too is the to look at the the pattern of how it moves. There's a f- like flashing to it that is uh, this is another uh, computer simulation of I think this one is like how it should have moved or something like that. Or no, this is uh, the normal trajectory it, of instance. It's how it would have moved, yeah, if it was like a normal trajectory and it followed our normal laws. But as you can see, it's almost more like a bounce out, so it like comes in at 90 degrees and leaves at 80 degrees mm-hmm. almost kind of uh, let's see I thought this was interesting so there's basically it it's tumbling as it goes which I find super fascinating too yeah so because uh, they because they could tell by the way the pixel that is that one pixel they have in their camera flashes that there's a there's like a bright surface and a dark surface and that it's constantly alternating between those two as it's moving. So they said that it's either the cigar shape that's the most common in like artist depictions. Right. Or it's like basically a super flat disc. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. It's weird as fuck. It's <laughs> true. 
which they said that part of that might be what helps fuel the like uneven heating that might be why it's oh, you know, propelling through space and stuff. Sure. But yeah. That's yeah. And that kind I, of off-gassing picture looks like a rock farting. It does look like a rock farting. Which technically that's kind of what it is. Off-gassing. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, and the the other uh, just, artist illustration of the alien gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered uh, Dominic was like really stoked about this when this was happening, and I must remember thinking like, "Oh God, this is it! Like we're gonna get docked. We're gonna like these aliens are gonna totally like come to our planet." And then they didn't, and I was like, "The fuck, guys!" I'm ready. <laughs> like, yeah, if they just want to like, yeah, uh, I, I'm ready to be a pet or something. Yeah, you know, just oh like, my God, that'd be so awesome. <sighs> Sleeping. <laughs> No more responsibility. Yeah. I don't have to think all the time. I know. Can I just watch Netflix all day? Like, right. what's, you know? My look, so, my master alien would be like the one from home. Just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. So anyway, that's our Strange Skies. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you like our craziness and what we do here at Macabre Grimoire, be sure to... Uh, Look us up. You can check us out uh, on, you know, thesueempire.com. Uh, and, yeah, we're, we're out there on social media. Feel free to yell at us about how we mispronounced Umau Mau or how we have no grasp of basic physics. But, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, anybody, anything else they want to throw in there? See you on the next orbit. Bye. Bye. Macabre Grimoire is a production of the Sioux Learn more at macabregrimoire.com.